Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. God, we're so thankful. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. God, you are faithful. You're so kind and you're so good to us. Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. Lord, I am asking that you'd give us ears to hear what you're saying, eyes to see, God. We ask, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Lord, enlighten the eyes of our understanding to know you, God. We wanna know you, we wanna know the hope of our calling. We wanna know the riches of your glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and we wanna know the greatness of the power toward us who believe. Father, we thank you for your spirit. Lord, causing our spirits to wake up and see what you are saying and what you are doing. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen, hallelujah. Well, if you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to John, the book of John. Who loves the book of John? Oh, the disciple who Jesus loved. That's how he referred to himself. I love that, all the way through the book of John. The, disi the disciple who Jesus loved, he was referring to himself. And you know, God wants every one of us to be able to refer to ourselves as the disciple who Jesus loves. That would be me, that would be you, hallelujah. He wants you to be so rooted and grounded in love that you have this holy confidence to know. I'm loved, I'm loved, I'm loved. My beloved is mine and I am his, hallelujah. So I love the book of John. I love also first, second, third John. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Delicious, such a treat. John chapter four, and I'm gonna read from verse five. It's a story of Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman. It says here in verse five, Jesus arrived at the Samaritan village of Sychar near the field that Jacob had given his son, Joseph, long ago. Wearied by his long journey, he sat on the edge of Jacob's well. He sent his disciples into the village to buy food for it was, almost, for it was already afternoon. Sometimes you just need to be alone, hey? It's like... Okay, you guys go, just give me a moment. Give me some space, I'm tired. You know, it, it's important when you're surrounded by people to actually have those moments, just to, all by myself. <laughs> I need it, I need time by myself, just to, just to be with him and be by myself, me and Jesus, hallelujah with the Father alone. And anyway, so he sent the disciples off. He goes, I'm just gonna have a rest. Off you go, you go and do this. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink of water. Surprised, she said, why would a Jewish man ask a Samaritan woman for a drink of water? Jesus replied, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I would give to you living water. It's a fascinating story. She said, here she comes to the well and Jesus says, give me a drink of water. And her reaction is, why would you want to receive anything from me? You're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. 
she assumed that because she was a Samaritan, that Jesus wouldn't want anything to do with her. She had this belief that Jesus had wanted nothing to do with her. Why would you want anything from me? You know, sometimes we can even ask that ourselves about Jesus. Why would, why would you want anything to do with me? I know people who'd say, oh, you know, I wouldn't even darken the door of a church. You know, if I did, lightning would strike and something had happened. They have this belief that what would Jesus want with me? Why would he want anything to do with me? I know what I'm like. I know that I, and they believe that they have no value to the Father. They believe that they, that they aren't worthy or that Jesus wouldn't want anything to do with them. And this was exactly the attitude that she had. Why would you want to receive anything from me? But it's a fascinating thought that God does want to receive from us, that he actually thirsts. He thirsts for your company. He, he thirsts for a relationship with you. The, Interesting thing about this story is he never actually gets a natural physical drink of water from what I can see. But what he's saying is, is fascinating. He's addressing, he begins immediately to address what is exposed as an intrinsic need inside of this woman. She says, why would you want anything from me? Why, why would you want to receive anything from me? And so he immediately starts to say, if you only knew who I am and the gift that God wants to give you, you'd ask me for a drink and I'd give to you living water. The woman replied, but sir, you don't even have a bucket and this well's very deep. So where do you find this living water? Do you really think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who dug this well and drank it for himself along with his children and livestock? Jesus answered, if you drink from Jacob's well, you'll be thirsty again and again. But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again and will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water I give you, it becomes a gushing fountain of the Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. He was helping her, her recognize Hey, I'm, I'm, I want to receive from you, but I can see in you a deep, deep need. You're the one who's actually thirsty. You're the one who also thirsts and longs for something that you can't satis be satisfied with in the natural realm. I, I have something to give you that will satisfy your soul. He was, in, he was addressing an intrinsic need that's within all of us, to be valued, to be wanted, to be accepted. He was saying to her, I want to, I want to receive you. And I want to meet a deep need that you have. Now this deep need is talked about in um, Psalm 42. I love this Psalm. We used to sing the old scripture and song as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Anyone remember that song or am I just too old? No. 
I shared this the other day and um, I realized I was, act I was told later I was actually sharing this message in the very room where that song was written, which was lovely at CFNI. But it starts off here, and I'm reading it in the Passion Translation today. It says, I long to drink of you, O God, drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. My longings overwhelm me for more of you. My soul thirsts, pants, and longs for the living God. I want to come and see the face of God. Other versions say, as a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. This is a desperate longing that he's talking about. I desperately want to drink of you. And Jesus, all these years later, is telling this woman, I recognize in you a deep longing, a deep desire, and I want to fill that. I long, I thirst to fill your thirst, hallelujah. If you skip down to verse seven, it says this. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Other versions say deep calls unto deep. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. Jesus is sitting there sees this woman coming and he knows that his deep desire for fellowship and her deep need for love are about to connect, hallelujah. And he begins to tell her, I've got what you want. I've got something that is greater than what you've even recognized as a need in your heart. There's a need in your heart to be satisfied with a living water. And you know what? Each one of us have this deep, deep well on the inside of us that has nothing to do with the natural well. It has nothing to do with natural things that could be seen to try and satiate or satisfy us because it is so much more powerful. The deep well of God's infinite, endless love wants to connect with a deep longing in the heart of every man, woman, and child to be loved, to be accepted, to be known and, and uh, embraced continuously, filled up to overflowing with a spring that doesn't run dry. Hallelujah. He wants to fill you with the fountain of his pleasure for you. That's astonishing. You know, people, people all around the world, they watch the love stories. You listen, you read the poets, you listen to the songs. I was talking to someone recently that had fallen in love and they're saying, oh, this, the love songs make sense now. <laughs> and I smiled, but I thought, you know what, all of the poets and all the lyricists and all the songwriters and all the, the, uh, the writers throughout the ages, the artists, the poets, they're all echoes, little shadows of the reality of a love story that's more glorious than any of us have ever really realized. 
There's a deep need on the inside of every one of us that cannot be fully satisfied because it is a enormous, supernaturally, spiritually deep well that wants to spring up and connect with the living water. Hallelujah. The living fountain that would bring us into the ocean, the endless ocean of the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, this, this love that passes knowledge that we would be swimming continually in a place of knowing that we are so accepted, we are so loved and understanding not only that we have a need to be loved, but we have also an intrinsic need to give love and to have that love received. And you know what? That's why Jesus says, I thirst. I thirst, give me something to drink. And that he's saying, I wanna receive from you too. I wanna have two-way living fellowship with you. Do you remember another time that he said, I thirst? Is that the crucifixion? John 19, 28, Jesus says, as he's dying, I thirst. Why does he say this? Like he's He's dying, his blood is being poured out, he's in extraordinary pain, but he says these words, I thirst, I'm thirsty. You know, I believe it was an echo of this psalm and, and, and that encounter at the well in that he was saying, just as I thirst to have relationship with each individual, I thirst to have relationship with everyone that I am dying for. I thirst, I desire. My deep is calling out to their deep. Their deep is calling out to my deep. And what is happening here is going to be the satisfaction that all of eternity has been waiting for. That he was gonna make a way for us to connect in a relationship that would be more satisfying than we could even ask, hope, or imagine. I thirst. And you thirst. Even if you don't know you thirst. People are trying to fill their thirst with all sorts of things. They're trying to fill their thirst with, with that they'll fill it with, with anything that would try to satiate, satiate this desperate, burning, continuous, deep need to be loved. And if they think that they can find it in a person, then they'll exhaust that person, trying to make them give what no human being can give, and that is a supernatural fountain of life, a supernatural love, a supernatural relationship that would meet every deep longing of your soul. Hallelujah. I thirst, and he thirsts. You know, my son came home early from school today I have a 17-year-old son and he is so delightful. 
It's the apple of my eye. And um, I came out to the kitchen at about 2.30 or 3 o'clock and I saw his bag on the chair and I was like, is Joseph home? I went and found Tom, is Joseph home? He goes, yeah, yeah, he came home early. He had rugby match, he got home early. Joseph, suddenly I like, I have to find him. Where is he? Is he not in his room? Where is he? Joseph, Joseph's home. I have to, where is he? Because there's a deep need in me to want to connect with my son. It's like, you're here? How can you be here and I'm not like with you? Where are you? <laughs> I have to find you. I have to get my hands on you. I have to feed you. <laughs> where are you? So I'm going from room to room. Joseph, Joseph, where are you? I find he's outside, you know, polishing his car and, and uh, fixing it up, washing his car. Joseph! Hey, Mum. You're hungry. Come and, come and let me feed you. How was your game? You're home. And, you know, that's just a little tiny picture in that the father, you, you know, until I found him, I was like, like yeah. i got to find him. Where is he? Yeah. He's in the house. He's in the house, and I didn't know he's in the house. I have to, like, greet him. I have to hold him. I have to feed him. Like, where are you? And, you know, the father is like that. We read about that in the Bible. Yeah. Do you remember the parable of the lost sheep? Yeah. It's like, i got to find them. Where are they? Yeah. Or the lost coin? This woman was, okay, I've got to find this coin. She just wouldn't rest until it was found. And then you actually see this in that the Pharisees were getting upset. Why is he talking to all these sinners? Jesus was trying to explain a deep longing in his heart to connect, to have relationship with them, that they are so valuable, that they are worth forsaking everything. They are the pearl of great price. They're the ones that I'll sell everything to find, to have. I'll, I'll pay anything to get. Hallelujah. And then we, so it starts with the, the lost sheep and then the lost coin. And then it comes down to just a lost son. And the father is looking for this son. The son goes astray, goes and does everything that a, what Jewish boy shouldn't do, disgraces the family, dishonors the father, spends all the inheritance on wild living, prostitutes, drunkenness, gambling, and then ends up, all he can do is find a little bit of work feeding pigs, but the, the pay is so bad that he is starving and w hoping and thinking, I wish I could eat the pig food. Remember, pigs are unclean in Jewish culture. It was like that was the bottom of the pit. And then he decides, my father's good. I'm, I'm just going to go home. And he'll probably, he'll probably give me a job. But he didn't know how good yeah. his father was. Because the moment his father saw him coming, he just dropped everything and ran full pace, grabbed him, wrapped his arms around him, kissed him, called for a ring and a robe and a party, celebrating, my lost son, my son's come home. 
because there was a deep longing in the father's heart that wasn't satisfied until they reconnected. God longs to reconnect with his people. He longs for every person, the, the people driving past, the people walking, the people in their homes watching, the people you know, in, the, in the pubs and the clubs and the schools and the universities and the workplaces. God doesn't just think about them as, as you know, oh, well, people, it'd be good if they, uh, you know, if they didn't go to eternity without me. He doesn't, he doesn't think about them like that. He has this deep, deep desperation in his heart. He gave three parables trying to explain the desperation that he feels about the lost. Desperate, I'm desperate for them. Like, I can't rest, I can't do anything until I find them. I am giving my full focus to finding them because I want to be in relationship with them. He thirsts, he longs. But he thirsts and he longs for you and I for our fellowship. I find it amazing that we have the capacity to bless God. Bless the Lord. I myself, what? Bless God? God who needs nothing? What would you want to receive from me? He goes, I thirst for what you can give me. That's why he wants you to know how valuable you are. Because when you understand that you are valuable to him, you will be able to come with a holy confidence to say, Father, I bless you. I love you. And recognize that our words aren't bouncing off the ceiling, but are impacting a heart that is softer and more tender and more full of love than we've ever even imagined. That when we say, oh, I love you, Daddy, he's, he's not there going, well, that's good. <laughs> he's not there saying, well, yes, so you should. <laughs> he's there saying, oh, this was what I did it all for. I thirst, my deep calls out to your deep and your deep calls out to my deep. Let's be connected in relationship forever. And not just in theory, he has a delight for relationship that is real and dynamic and tangible and continuously glorious. And that's the reason, that's the reason that we want to see people connect to him. You know, the Moravians used to say, to bring to him the reward of his suffering. And that was not done out of a religious duty, but out of an understanding. We have the capacity to bless God. We have the capacity to bring him delight and to bring him joy. You know, when I go to have my quiet time with the Lord in the daytime, I... It's not about just what I can get from him. It's also about what I can give to him. It's a two-way relationship. It's not just, well, this is good for me and I should do this and, you know, that'll make him happy. It's like, he is, ah, oh, I am longing 
for your love. When we understand that, worship becomes very different. When we understand that, time alone with him is not just a good discipline. It's like, oh. I want to pour my love out on you. And you know what? When we understand that, that is when the cap comes off our own well. And we're able to actually allow him to love us back. Because we're not coming as orphans, we're coming as brides. Hallelujah. We're coming as children of God. We're coming as family, as ones that have been made one with him. Hallelujah. I want to, <laughs> I love you, God. It gives me so much joy to think about this. But, you know, I, I want to show um, a video tonight that um, Nathaniel and the team have made about what it looks like <laughs> to practically share this truth with the lost coins, the lost sheep, the lost sons, with the ones that God is yearning and longing to have relationship with. We have the privilege to be ministers of reconciliation. Can you imagine what it would be like? I think about this sometimes. If you had a child that was abducted from you as, a, as an infant, and you knew they were out there but they didn't know who you were. They didn't know you. They didn't even know you were looking for them. Would you stop caring? Would you stop longing to be reunited with them? Of course not. And then I think about what would it be like if someone came to you and said, I just saw your child on the street. You'd be like, oh, tell me where they are. And if you, 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 they came and told you this, you, my, my first question would be, did you tell them that I'm looking for them? Imagine if they came back and said, well, you know what? It just felt a bit awkward. I didn't really want to, you know. Um, I didn't want to make them feel awkward. So I, you know, I, I, just, I, I just, I felt like it wasn't quite the time. You'd be there like, That's exactly what it's like for every person that we see that doesn't have relationship with God. The Father's yearning is not, he's not nonchalant about it. He's desperate, he's desperate for relationship with him. If we could show this, I, I, I believe this will really encourage you and help you. Uh, just to have some grid of what it can look like to be a minister of reconciliation. Thanks, guys. Is anyone changing the free circles before? Have you had a This circle represents God's 
God's perfect design was a world without brokenness. I love it. I love it. Well done, Nathaniel. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. You know, the Father longs. He longs for every person to know him. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means everybody needs a savior and he offers it he, he came and he died for the sins of the world he says he wants that his will is that none should perish but that all should have eternal life so he offers it eternal life i want to give it to you i want to give you salvation i want to give you freedom from guilt and shame god is light and light can have no fellowship with darkness 
He's holy and he is wanting you to be part of him in his family, joined with him. But you cannot be joined to God and not be holy and righteous. And yet we can't make ourselves holy and righteous. We can't make it happen. We can't, um, we can't get ourselves clean enough to be joined to God. So Jesus... He who knew no sin came, lived a life completely sin-free, and he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. In other words, he went to the cross to deal with the problem of sin, to take it away, and not just to take away and, and give us forgiveness for, of sin, which is a massive thing. But he also came to deal with our iniquity. Iniquity in the Hebrew means crookedness. So Jesus came to take away our sin and everything about us that was crooked. He came to make the crooked places straight. Hallelujah. In that he came that we might become brand new. Not, not just fixed up, but brand new creations in him, born of him. He who was without sin died and rose again with the joyful anticipation that it would give people the capacity to open their hearts and receive his free gift of salvation if they would come to him and believe that you are the son of God. You are the savior of the world. And I need salvation. I need forgiveness. When you acknowledge you need forgiveness, you acknowledge that you had sin that needs to be forgiven. And that takes humility to go, I need mercy. I need forgiveness. Everybody living has fallen short of the glory of God. Every person living needs God's salvation, God's forgiveness, and he just freely offers it to us. He doesn't expect us to work for it or earn it. He just wants to give it to us, if we, and we just need to humble ourselves and receive it and say, God, you are better than I feel like I deserve, but I believe. My deep need calls out to the deep kindness of your love. God, I need your mercy. I believe that though it seems too simple, I humble myself and receive what I can have no part in earning. I receive your mercy. I receive your life, your fountain of living water that comes in and sets me free from sin, shame, guilt, and self, and makes me born again, brand new, and allows me to be connected to you continuously, eternally, forever. Hallelujah. It's the good news of the gospel. But it requires a response. It's a divine exchange. Your sin, your guilt, your shame, your old life for his life. He doesn't expect you to clean yourself up and give everything up first before you come to him, but to come to him and say, God, you have the power to empower me to be free 
from anything that would try to hold me back. I come to you just as I am and know that you are so powerful that nothing, nothing can stand against your love. I bring you my life. I bring you all that I am, my addictions, my sin, my, sa- my failure. I bring it all to you and I exchange it in faith for your supernatural life, your supernatural power and your righteousness. Hallelujah. I don't have righteousness of myself, so I receive your holy righteousness. Hallelujah. And become a new creation who no longer has anything to do with that old life. Hallelujah. It's the message of salvation. And it's what he's longing for every one of us to respond to. He says that he doesn't want anyone to perish, but you know what? He loves us so much. He created us in his image, which means we have the capacity to choose. True love is free. It doesn't force you into a relationship. That's not true love. So he's not wanting a forced relationship. He's wanting a free will engagement with you, where you say, yes, God, I want you as my savior. I want to be in relationship with you. When you acknowledge your deep need, and the Bible talks in Revelation about people who say, I am rich and full and have need of nothing, but don't realize that they're actually desperately needy. You know, when we start to acknowledge our need, that's when we can be filled. When we say, I have a deep need, I have a deep need for love. I have a deep need for relationship. I have a deep need to be loved and to give love. I need you. God is love. If you're looking for love, he is love. He is more than any description of love you've ever experienced, ever heard about, ever dreamt of. He is the personification of love. And he wants to connect with you and he just waits for your response where you say, God, I want that. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. It happened for me when I was about 12 years old. I just got real with God. I said, Lord, I can't see you and I don't know you. I believe in you, but this is really hard to worship someone I can't see and I don't know. You know, a lot of people believe in the existence of God, but he wants to make himself real to you. He's, la- he's waiting for you to, co- to say, I actually, I need your help. I need you. I want you. I want to have connection with you. I want to have relationship with you. And the moment I just began to express my deep need, that was my way of saying, I have a deep need to be in relationship. And I I just can't keep doing this, going through the motions, singing the songs, raising my hands, and not having any connection or relationship. I actually need, I can't go on like this. I need, I need connection. I need relationship. In that acknowledgement of my deep need, as my deep need called out to his deep kindness, supernaturally, the Holy Spirit just made himself, made him real to me. In that moment, in a worship service, suddenly, it's like the, the old hymn, Amazing Grace, I was blind, but now I see. It's like, ah, 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 there you are, You know, I really want to encourage you today. 
If you have never acknowledged your deep need for a relationship with him, you're missing out on what he wants to give you. God's looking to activate within you a revelation that you thirst and that he thirsts. And he wants the two to come together that you might know satisfaction that's beyond your wildest hope and dreams or imaginations. Hallelujah. He's longing for you to say, Lord, come into my life. Make me new on the inside. I want to know you. I want this to be a real relationship. You know, the Bible says, if you ask, you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. If you say, Father, I want to know you. Help me to know you and believe in your heart that he will. If you say, Lord, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that you came, that you laid your life down, that you died and yet you rose again. You did that so that I could be forgiven. I could have mercy. I could receive your righteousness. I could be joined to you. So thank you for it. I acknowledge my need for forgiveness. I acknowledge my need for salvation. Come into my life. I receive it. I take it. I thank you for your mercy. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life. Make me new on the inside. You know, if you'll do that, he will. He will. He promises. You know, there's people here tonight and people watching that say, I I want that, I wanna have that, I wanna have that relationship. When you recognize it, when you recognize, oh, I have a deep need. You know, a lot of people just go through life where they just, they believe in the existence of God, but the Bible says even the devil believes in the existence of God. It's not about just believing in his existence, it's believing that he wants to give you his righteousness, he wants to have connection and relationship with you, and you coming like a little child and saying, yes, God, here I am. I want you, come into my life, make me new on the inside. If that's you and you say, I want that, I wanna have relationship, I wanna acknowledge my deep need for him, I want to receive him as my savior, as my Lord, as my friend, I want to receive him as my father. I want to be joined to the father. I want to be made new. I want to receive righteousness. I want to receive the gift of salvation. I want to be made new on the inside. You don't have to try to, to strive to become good enough. You've just got to humble yourself and say, God, you alone are good and I receive by faith your grace and your goodness, which makes me compatible with you. I receive you as Savior and Lord and that you give me your goodness so that we can be joined as one. Hallelujah. He'll give you power to walk free from sin. He'll give you power to walk in a relationship that every morning when you wake up, and every night as you go to sleep, you won't have to experience loneliness. Or you don't have to live thinking, if only, if only, if only I could find somebody. But you'll be so satisfied that the next person that you meet, well, you'll be overflowing with love for and not trying to draw something from. Why don't you begin to invite him? You know, right now, if you're 
If you're recognizing in your own heart, I have a deep need for God, I want you just to pray this after me. Father God, I believe you sent your son Jesus to be punished in my place. I believe that he died and rose again. Right now, Lord, I give you my sin. I give you my shame. I give you my life. And I receive your mercy, your salvation, your spirit, and eternal life with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Papa. <laughs> Thank you, Papa. You know, if you're here tonight and you say, yeah, that I, I, wanna, I want that, you just prayed that prayer. You've recognized tonight as I've been sharing that you have a deep need. I want to pray for you. I want to get around you and we want to get around you as a family and we want, we want to celebrate. You know, in all of those parables, when the lost sheep was found, that shepherd, he had a party. He celebrated. He called all of his friends. When the same thing with the woman with the coin, when she found it, she called all of her friends, let's celebrate. And when the son came home, the Lord had a party. The father had a party. He wanted everyone to know. And there's something about celebrating corporately when one says, yes, I want him. I receive him as my Lord and Savior. When, when one is reconciled, the Bible says all of heaven celebrates. Why? Because they know how much it means to God. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you say, I want that. I want to receive Christ. I want to be joined to him. I, I'd love to just pray for you before we go on and pray for anybody else. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.